0: Hi, everyone. This is Megan Van Petten.
1: And this is Lindsay Poss. You're listening to the Esports Next podcast. Here, we will highlight the fantastic guests and speakers of the Esports Next conference.
0: Esports Next 2022 is presented by Morgan Stanley and is located in Sweet Home, Chicago. Don't forget to register to secure your spot at the conference and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to the very first inaugural episode of the eSports Next podcast, the official podcast of the eSports Next conference. I'm Lindsay, the boss Poss, and I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Megan Van Patten. Thank you, Lindsay, for
0: our inaugural episode, we are delighted to welcome Sharon Gill, who is a leadership strategist at Sharon Gill International. Sharon, welcome to the show.
2: I'm delighted to be here and uh, to be your first guest on this. What I I know is going to be an amazing podcast for an amazing conference. So glad to be here as your first guest, ladies.
0: Well, we're really glad that you accepted the invitation. And tell us a little bit about yourself as we kick off.
2: Okay, well, let me just explain what got me to esports in the first place, right? So, which was, of course, this woman right here, Megan Van Patten. In uh, 2020, I came on board with the Esports Trade Association as their uh, leadership strategist to help them as they were growing and putting together a board and all these wonderful things. And so I was thrown into Esports, not that I wasn't familiar with it as a mom and a grandmom of gamers, right? I was, <laughs> I was part of the whole Esports ecosystem, but you know, p- paying the money to get my kids these games. but being part of the leadership uh, piece was really Megan's invitation to be part of eSports for the association. So my role there has been to help with strategies, board development, strategic planning, um, watching the growth, conference uh, chair last year, conference co-chair this year. So yeah, I feel like I'm totally immersed at this point into the eSports industry.
1: So fun. Can you tell me a little bit about what your role at the conference will be?
2: Yes. So last year, I was the facilitator of the elevator pitch workshop, and I am again the trainer again this year. So at the conference, I actually run and host that whole piece. So um, before the conference, of course, we're going to select eight finalists, maybe seven, and then I'll do a wild card there at the conference. So we have eight finalists. I introduce the, the, the finalists, I count them down, they only have two minutes to pitch, I ring the bell. I, you know, allow the judges time. I ring the, judge, the bell. So yeah, I'll be running the whole elevator pitch competition as well as a speed
1: networking competition. Speed Ooh, networking I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be coming after you for that bell ringing position here soon. <laughs> that sounds like fun.
2: <laughs> I was not popular last year. People were annoyed by that.
1: <laughs> That's how it goes.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. That-
0: Elevator pitch has drawn more excitement than I've ever seen. Tell us a little bit about um, what your strategy has been through this process and how it's evolved.
2: Interesting. You know, last year's class was primarily entrepreneurs, a lot of startups. This year, uh, the folks who are in the workshop right now—they're experienced. Some of them already. Been, you know, gotten funding. Um, so my strategy is really to help them to get their pitch from 15 minutes to two minutes. Two minutes. It's very hard. So the the, <laughs> the first class, I said, okay, how long is your pitch? Like 15 minutes with PowerPoint. I'm like, we're gonna work on getting into two minutes with no PowerPoint. So it takes practice. It takes work. And really, the class is like a mini. Um, pitch competition in itself because the students are judges so as each person pitch we have a, a judge you know and we give feedback right there in real time it's, it's really an exciting um, class and a lot of learning and just a lot of experiential learning it's uh, very hands-on and real-time feedback so by the time they get to the conference they're used to you know really pitching in two minutes
1: Well, let me just say, as someone who works in the podcast space, I I intentionally am never in a situation where I have to go from 15 minutes to two minutes. (laughs) It's actually very good in this space to go the opposite direction, which is why I'm here. Sharon, I want to talk a little bit more about your leadership development experience and Kind of how you stay motivated despite any barriers or obstacles and what advice you give to people to stay motivated, to be the ones entering the pitch competition and putting themselves out there. Um, How do you approach challenges and and what advice do you give people about that?
2: So that's like 10 questions, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, It's kind of the same, you know, I'm trying to get a lot of your experience packed into one answer. <laughs> that's
2: Okay. It's interesting. I had a, a call this morning and I was actually asking the, the folks on the call that very same question. So now it's really, um, turned this way. So I believe a lot in personal development, right? I believe that we should be constantly growing it. If we're not growing, we're dying. And so I got involved in leadership really 20-something years ago, starting my own law firm with my husband. So we were both leaders there. Um, So I got, I I called it, uh, I called it Guild University, right? Because it was real time. And then I spent 16 years in the nonprofit world, starting and growing and building a charity. Then I went back to school later on and got a degree in leadership. and and organizational management and I stay current by just really a lot of reading. If you see, you know, in my office, it's just leadership books, management books, culture books, a lot of podcasts, um, seminars, workshops, I'm always, um, pouring in because I have to pour it so much on my clients. And I, I, you know, I know one of the questions is like, who inspires me, but I remember being obsessed at one point with Jack Welch everything was what would Jack Welch do? What would he say? What would he do? And just doing a whole study on him and his decision-making abilities and how he would think. And so I, I, I fall in love with these, these, these mentors, like Welch and like Maxwell study them and try to really pattern my, my style, um, to the ones that most match my values. So yeah, that's in a, in a nutshell, you know, my leadership journey is something I do every day. I, I, I do agree with the statement that everything rises and falls on leadership, and um, the more I'm in the field, the more I see the importance of having strong leadership skills, how, you know, it can make or break a company.
0: This really does keep you in the field, and I really appreciate that about you, you know, just coaching and mentoring and consulting, and then, you know, just Also, being in the work, you see a lot of professors in college that leave the field. And I think the best mentors, professors, leaders, coaches are still playing the game. So, um, you know, if it was me, I would love to be part of your class and part of the... um, and part of the pitch. What can people do to still partake? Is it too late? And what about, um, I heard about you're doing the wild card as again this year. Tell us a little yes. bit about that.
2: So the wild card is, so we're gonna choose seven people because we, we only have so much time at the conference. And I had to do, when I do the math, it's two minutes per person for a pitch, four minutes for each judge. So I have to do the math, math to crunch the numbers. But at the conference, if you weren't chosen the day before the elevator pitch, you are given a chance to pitch for two minutes and have the audience pick. And so there's another chance for you to get into the competition on the the, the competition day. So that's always fun because you get to hear, you know, you know, these people, some of them aren't really, um, haven't really been trained haven't really been, you know, through the class, but they have a chance to actually come up and just say their best, give their best pitch in two minutes. And then the audience based on their clap levels, the audience chooses. So yes, that's, that's how that works. And it's not too late to join the class because it's, um, it's, 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 it's more, it's organic, right? So it's not too late. I don't have a textbook. Every week is pitching, every week we're pitching. So it's never too late to come in.
1: That's so fun. And speaking of kind of your experience building a law firm, your experience developing a leadership program, how did you make that pivot into gaming and keep yourself current on news, resources, information? What sources were you going to to learn about gaming?
2: Well, so first source is my kids. (laughs) I, I did. When I first started with ESTA and I kept hearing all these terms, I'm like, what does this mean? What are they talking about? Even this chair right here was a Mother's Day gaming chair for my kids once I began working with ESTA. So that was my first source. And then, of course, I am with ESTA and they have a library of resources. So I read that as well. Um, they have a research library. They have uh, just you know blogs and posts. So I their their own Facebook and LinkedIn pages. So I'm learning through you know what they post, and then our members. I also follow some of the members. So I read their pages, like esports, um, um, business business of esports. I like to read their stuff. So John Davidson, which is our chair, I like to read his chair letter. Keeps me current. So there are so many opportunities. Being a part of ESTA for you to learn about the industry, learn about the business, and then I attend these board meetings and these advisory board meetings. So I'm constantly learning. I'm in team meetings every week, so I'm constantly learning the business just by being associated with ESTA.
0: And what lies ahead? Like, if people want to get involved with the Esports Next Conference, August twenty second, what's what's what can we do for the next ninety days?
2: You know, I I tell you last year, the conference was beyond my expectations because it was almost two years of being in, in you know, in timeout in lockdown and whatever. And, you know, we, we were a little bit nervous about how, you know, how it would work and, you know, who would show up. And I tell you, it was such an amazing conference. It's so hard to beat it this year, but I would say to anyone who's on the fence, right? Get your ticket that someone was saying today that. Their biggest takeaway from the conference was the networking one hour of networking when we had the networking hour, right? And so everyone can find their special spot. For some people, it was an elevator pitch, for some, it was a panel, for some, it was a networking event, for some, it was the, the bars, for some, it was the after party. So there's something for everyone, and I really, um, Encourage the the listeners, the watchers of this podcast, to get your tickets early, get secure a spot because at some point we are going sold, get, to get sold out. At some point, we are going to be sold out.
1: Well, I'm very much looking forward to it, especially since I am from a Chicago family and love visiting just for the food. So <laughs> if nothing else, <laughs> at least come and get a good slice of deep dish. Great point. Um,
2: Great, point. Great, point. Great point. I, really- I did an like, extra few days last year after the conference just to hang out in Chicago. I made it a vacation, my husband and myself. We spent a week. Right. So yeah, for the food and for the just for the ambiance.
1: It is a great city. I am completely partial, as a lifelong Bears fan and Bulls fan. I'm totally partial to the city of Chicago, um, but that is neither here nor there. Sharon, can you tell me one specific memory you had of last year's conference that you're looking or sort of excited to revisit? Is there anything that sticks out as like this was the most fun part?
2: Well, I will tell you, I did like the wit. I mean, other than the elevator pitch, which was you know, which was my baby. Right. So of course. Was, yeah.
1: Of course. <laughs> I'm
2: really selfish. But I did enjoy being at the WIT. I thought it was just, you know, it was such a great networking event. The food was amazing. The hosting was amazing. So I remember the WIT because I remember the, the food, they had the, 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 <laughs> the, just a great food. I also enjoyed our luncheon at the conference because that was also great food. So yeah, it sounds like I'm a foodie. <laughs> But you know what? That really was um, a fun part for me, um, just the, the the networking and meeting people who I've only seen on Zoom for two years. It was really awesome to see them in person. That was really, really um, fulfilling for me.
1: Well, I have had so much fun exploring the virtues of this conference, learning a little bit more about you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you or follow you or keep up with your work um, I, I want to know where can they get all the good Sharon Gill content.
2: Sharon Gill, okay, Sharon Gill com <laughs> is my website. Sharon dot com, and I'm on LinkedIn as Sharon Gill International, I think. Sharon Gill, Sharon Gill International. Wonderful.
1: For all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening to us today. If you would like to learn more about eSports Next or register for the pitch contest, woof, having difficulty speaking here. Finally, right at the end, right? This is how it works. If you would like to find out more, register for the pitch contest, get your ticket to eSports Next, whatever it may be, please visit eSportsTA.org, and we will see you next week with a brand new episode.